feel kind of like God. <laughs> and then this man with the devil on his hand came and took the hat. Free Britney. Free Britney. Out on the streets, they're burning urban. Hello, and welcome back to Burnin' Urban, a Dab to Death miniseries. I am your host, Nick Nobody Savage, and this week, the urban that will be burning is the legend of the Skinwalker, a shape shifting creature that mainly stalks the American Southwest. But first, I'll talk about what I'm smoking today. I uh, didn't have a chance to get out and pick up something that was already rolled up, so I rolled myself something special. I've got the Preferred Gardens uh, Snacks. That's a Snacks with a Z. I rolled some of that up into a uh, Twisted Hemp Grape Burst Blunt Wrap. Uh, so this is made completely from hemp, obviously. No tobacco, no nicotine. I prefer my blunts that way. <clears throat> but yeah, so I'm going to go ahead. And I'll spark this bad boy up. Wherever I put the lighter. <coughs> oh, fuck. Oh shit. Whew. Ate a little weed on that first hit. <coughs> oh fuck. <coughs> oh, even with my little crutch. I don't give a fuck. I use crutches. So, you can talk your shit. That's cool. I don't care. You eat your weed. I'll use a crutch. Tomato, tomato. We're still getting high. You know, I'm not, and this could just be because the blunt wrap's a little old, but I'm not getting a whole lot of grape flavor, which I guess is cool because like a lot of times with the grape wrap, all you taste is the grape wrap. So at least this way I still get to taste the weed. <coughs> oh fuck. I really need to get a quieter couch or a chair, something. Alrighty, so let's get into it. The legend of the Skinwalker originates from Native American lore, and while the story has variations from tribe to tribe, a common link amongst the stories is that the Skinwalkers were once shamans or medicine men who chose to use their powers for evil and were corrupted, given the ability to transform or shapeshift into animals or other people. The term skinwalker originated from the Navajo Yinaldoshiai, which translates to, with it, it goes on all fours. But several other tribes in the area, including the Pueblo people, Apache, Ute, and Hopi, all have their own versions of the story.
there's smoke on my microphone. So the Skinwalker story actually bears a lot of similarities with other legends and myths, such as, such as the Y Chivo of Mayan legend, which was a half man, half beast with burning red eyes that was said to be an evil sorcerer that can transform himself into a supernatural animal. So again, kind of goes with that whole once was a shaman turned evil thing. Yeah. Evil sorcerer. Kind of hand in hand. Also, the Negual from Mesoamerican folklore, who were people who had the ability to shapeshift into their spirit animals, essentially, and would either use their powers for good or evil, depending on the type of person they were. And then, of course, there's the werewolf, or werehyena, werebear, werejaguar... Which again brings us back to the Negwal, or any other variety of were-creature, which has variations and versions of their mythos from around the world. So this mythical talent of human beings being able to transform or morph into other animals is known as therianthropy, stemming from the Greek words therian, meaning beast or wild animal, and anthropos, meaning human being. So this concept has existed in mythology and folklore for ages and has been depicted in cave drawings around the world, including at Les Trois Frères, an archaeological site in France, where a drawing dating back to around 13,000 BC, known as the Sorcerer, was found. But yeah, so this this uh, this picture that they found in the cave is a, a drawing, and it's called the Sorcerer, and it basically depicts a human-animal hybrid, and many re- believe this to represent like a shaman or a magician who's like performing some kind of a a, a magic ritual or, or transformation. The drawing itself came under some criticism and speculation as to you know whether or not that's actually what it it was. If like the guy who was drawing it. Because the guy drew what he saw, and then that's what everybody was like, oh yeah, that's, you know. Anyways, let's get back to the Legend of the Skinwalkers specifically. Because this blunt's really only going to last so long. So what exactly are the Skinwalkers? And where do they come from? Or how does a person become a Skinwalker? If that's what even happens. As I mentioned previously, there are variations to the story from tribe to tribe, and here are a few of them. The most common story, as I also mentioned, is that a medicine man is corrupted by the forces of evil and begins to use their magic for dark and nefarious reasons. They are granted incredible powers as part of this dark devotion, including the ability to transform into the shape of an animal, the ability to command wild animals to do their bidding, and even the ability to possess and control other people. In some variations, a person would become a oh shit. In some variations, a person would become a skinwalker by committing a forbidden act, like murdering a fellow member of the tribe. <clears throat> this is similar to the Wendigo curse, which I will cover in another episode. 
<coughs> oh shit. <coughs> <coughs> Oh, that one went down so hard. <coughs> That's what she said. Uh, anyway, another much less accepted theory is that skinwalkers are the former helpers of divine beings known as the holy people. Navajo stories tell us that the Nagloshi served the holy people and were supposed to leave the mortal realm with them once they were done teaching humans the blessing way. However, a few decided to stay behind, and their powers were corrupted by their greed and desire. This transformed them into sinister creatures, shadows of the former divine beings they once were. Most disagree with this theory because they believe that there is a firm distinction between the Nagloshis, who are more of a former semi-divine being, and the Skinwalker, who is a human who has been corrupted by dark magic. Whatever the cause of their ability to metamorphosize, that is the one thing that remains a constant in all of the stories. Skinwalkers are mostly known to transform into the form of coyotes, cougars, dogs, foxes, bears, and wolves. And they would say that the one way to tell a skinwalker is that when they were in animal form, their eyes would look more human, but would glow red. And when they were in human form, their eyes would appear more animalistic than normal human eyes. So, fun fact. Now, it is said that they then wear the skins of the animals after the transformation. Giving them the name Skinwalkers. It is also rumored that some would also wear the skulls or antlers of the animals they intended to turn into for added power. And, like, this is incredibly disturbing to picture because, like, could you picture you're just walking down a trail, right? And all of a sudden a person comes walking out of the woods wearing nothing but, like, the tattered, bloody carcass of an animal and, like, a skull on their head with blood dripping off of them. I'd, yeah, that, that is the shit of nightmares. Like, legitimately. Anyway. It is because of this that it is taboo in Navajo culture to wear the pelts of predatory animals. <coughs> Legend has it that the skinwalkers form secret witch covens. And I want to take a little quick moment to distinguish between witches and witches. Because, you know, we think of witches, we think of, like, the black hat and the, the cauldron and, like, broomsticks. You know, like, the, the, the standardized bullshit witch. Unless you think of, like, actual Wiccans and witches, then, you know, cool. Respect to you. But to Native Americans, a witch is basically the exact opposite of everything that a shaman and a medicine man embodies. You know, they are healers. They're, they're, they're you know, they use their magic for good. And, uh, you know, witches use their, their magic for evil and bad in, in their culture. And uh, I trace this back to, um, so in 1864, there was the, the long walk of the Navajo, where basically the, the, the Navajo were kicked out of their homes and sent to go live somewhere else. And they had to walk the whole fucking way there. And the whole time they lived there, it was like 
really shitty living situations and like, you know, a lot of them got sick and they fell on really hard times. And so they would blame the witches. They would blame the skinwalkers. You know, this is what was, you know, a lot of people, it was rumored that a lot of people turned to skinwalking or to being skinwalkers to, to get out of the bad situation. Anyway, the government finally, you know, realized they fucked up and let the Navajo return to their home. But, uh, you know, the, the skinwalkers remained basically is what the, the legend says. So then in 1878, there was the Navajo Witch Purge in which 40 suspected witches were killed in order to, like, restore balance to the the tribe. So they kind of went through their own, like, Salem Witch Trials, you know? God damn it, the blunt's gonna go out. I talk too much. I guess I'll just have to pack a bowl with the remnants from the blunt. So yeah, so they, uh, you know, these these witch covens would meet in caves and in the darkest corners of the land to plot out their many nefarious deeds. A lot of what I have talked about so far is based on what has been scrapped together from stories and rumors. This is because the Navajo people choose not to talk about the skinwalkers amongst themselves, let alone with outsiders. They believe that to even talk about the skinwalkers and other dark spirits or forces, is to invite them to appear. So then how, with all this secrecy around the skinwalkers, have they come to be such a well-known urban legend? As modern society developed and encroached more and more on native lands, we began to hear stories of encounters with what people believed to be skinwalkers. I went down a deep Reddit rabbit hole on uh, skinwalker encounters. There's like just like encounter after encounter after encounter listed on there and uh yeah i went i went pretty deep down that rabbit hole some of them are pretty fucking scary encounters like there was this one this guy was talking about he was uh in his garage doing some laundry and he heard the voice of his niece like his niece lived with him and he hears the voice of his niece outside like outside the garage going help me can you help me? And like, he like, is like, wait a minute. And so he like goes inside because that's where his niece is supposed to be. And she's asleep in her room. So then he goes back outside and again, he hears, can you help me? And he's just like, nope, fuck that shit. And goes back inside. And I'd be like, yeah, dude, fuck that shit. I'm selling the house, you know? But anyway, I did not anticipate the blunt being done so quickly. Just packing my, uh, Volkswagen van pipe that I got from Cannabox, the monthly cannabis subscription service where you get a smoking utensil, like whether it be a pipe, bong, bubbler, mini dab rig, stuff like that. You get a shirt, you get different rolling papers, blunt wraps, rolling trays, grinders, lighters, all kinds of cool shit uh, for a low monthly price. Click the link in the episode description and you get 10% off your first can of box. (coughs) (coughs) Alright, we're almost done with this, I swear. So, tale after tale of voices and screams being heard at night, or strange creatures running impossibly fast alongside vehicles began to surface. 
With these stories came the need for an explanation, leading to the legend of the Skinwalkers. One of the most notable of these encounters occurred in the 1980s when a family was driving through the Navajo Reservation. As they slowed down to turn around a corner, a large creature described as a dark, hairy beast wearing the tattered remnants of a shirt and jeans. Then the creature just like kind of bounded off into the night. Kind of like Richard Ramirez in that first episode. Cha-cha! Anyway. Then, a few days after returning to their home, the family is woken up in the middle of the night. They hear the sounds of drumming and chanting, and when they look outside, they see three dark figures standing by the fence at the edge of their property. The creatures left shortly after, leaving the terrified family to wonder what it was that had happened. In the 1990s, skinwalkers got some of the spotlight again at Sherman Ranch in northeast Utah. The ranch, which has also been dubbed UFO Ranch and Skinwalker Ranch, has reportedly been a hotbed for paranormal activity, including UFO sightings, cattle mutilations, crop circles, and sightings of, quote, wolf-like beasts that are near impossible to kill. In fact, the only way to supposedly kill a skinwalker is with a knife or bullets that have been dipped in white ash. And even then, you have to hit the skinwalker in the neck or head. Though the ranch and the validity of the claims made about it has come under recent scrutiny, the story of the skinwalker is one that will continue to intrigue people and haunt the American Southwest. Another major resurgence in popularity for the skinwalker myth came with the massively popular app TikTok. Hundreds, if not thousands of videos have popped up claiming to have captured skinwalker encounters. Here is some of the terrifying audio that these videos have caught. Over here, looks like it's holding some water. Huh? I think it's time to go. standing we think right in this where I'm standing right now and my friends inside right now but I'm getting this footage and did you just fucking hear that that was fucking it oh my god no fuck that Sorry. <clears throat> so real or not, the skinwalker is not the kind of creature <clears throat> that you want to encounter. So if you live near the Four Corners area of Arizona, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico, and you ever hear a voice calling out to you in the night, you might want to turn around and run. Okay, so that is the legend of the skinwalker. Um... Honestly, I like I said, I, I would not want to, to run into one of these things out in the wild on a cold night when you're all by yourself and you hear a voice. Uh, I, I even read another encounter on Reddit where the person basically said that, you know, they were children when they were kids 
uh, them and a friend were playing in this, like, it was like an abandoned, like, fishing shack or whatever. And there was, like, no way, like, anybody was around them. Like, there was nobody near them. It was in, you know, like, there was, like, a wooded area and there was, like, a river. And they were, like, from across the river, they heard a scream of one of the girl's names. And, like, you know, she had, like, a very, very unique name. So it's not like some random person was just randomly calling out for somebody else who just happened to be named her name. Unless it was, like, a super coincidental coincidence. But I don't think that's the thing. I don't think that's the case. So, yeah, like I said, if you ever want to, like, just go down that rabbit hole, go to go to the, the Reddit for Skinwalkers. And uh, you'll you'll have a lot of reading material. As far as next week's episode of Burn and Urban, I have in front of me here the Encyclopedia of Urban Legends, brought to you by Jan Harald Brundvand. So, it is a pretty hefty-sized book. I actually got mine on thriftbooks.com, one of my favorite sites to get my books for research because, you know, used books need a second chance at life. And also, you can find some really good books, especially true crime books, for really good prices. I I find most of the books I buy there for, like, uh, around $5, sometimes a little less even. So it's a pretty good good site. Highly recommend it if you like to read a lot of true crime books and don't want to spend a lot of money. Anyway, so what I'm going to do is at the end of each week's episode, I'm just going to randomly flip open to a page and pick a topic... And hopefully it's a good one. I'm going to close my eyes, too, so, you know, I can't can't cheat here. All right, so I'm just going to start flipping it back and forth. Until I feel like a good stopping point. All right, apparently we have the kangaroo thief. I'm not entirely sure. Oh my god, no way. Okay, so if you've ever seen the movie Kangaroo Jack, it's basically based off of this urban legend. So, uh, stay tuned next week for The Kangaroo Thief. That's gonna be great. Anyway, until then, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of Dab to Death, which is releasing on Thursday morning. Uh, the, the topic this week is going to be Eileen Warnos. I know I had previously mentioned it was probably going to be a Scientology rehash, but I decided I didn't really wasn't really feeling the topic, and uh, I just wanted to do a female serial killer because I haven't done any female uh, true crime stories yet, really. So until then, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. As always, you can leave your feedback on any stories you'd like to hear, especially any urban legends, at feedbackadaptedeath.com. Or you can just hit me up on any of the social medias at Dab to Death. Unless you're on Instagram, then it's at Dab to Death Podcast. And until next week, keep burning the urban.